Hey, good morning, folks, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with uh, myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com, ProPTSD.com, and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and the StarTribune.com. Uh, Vikings are 2-1 and one after uh, a nail-biter uh, that they, well, I think, were outplayed and somehow at the end uh, scraped together a win. I mean, pretty pretty impressive that they came back twice from double-digit deficits, but Man, that's that's not the prescription you want going forward from game in, game out, is it, Mark? Yeah, it's impressive they came back from double digits twice. It's also a little concerning that they fell down by double digits twice. Uh, you know, it's just not the way I thought it would go. Uh, with uh, I thought that Jared Goff would be get pressured in the the metro or the metrodome, the U.S. Bank Stadium, the crowd and the defense would, you know, kind of give you that that feel, uh, you know. Jared Goff is essentially a sitting duck there normally. And the guy never, never hit his backside, never hit the ground. He was, he was, he was actually touched only one time. Wow. So a little concerning, but you know, the, the fact that they came back and they won and they, you know, you get two wins. Um, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I think this week I got them ranked ninth in the, in the, in the league because it's, you know, gritty's not great, great, but it's good enough right now to get you, you know, to the next step. Uh, but they got a way to go. Is this typical in early season? They're still wow, you know, they have a new regime and a new, new coaches and a new system. Maybe they're still feeling themselves out. I mean, we're going to talk about the offense in a bit, but then we'll talk about the defense. But uh, is is this typical that then you finally start hitting your stride? Maybe at the second quarter poll? I don't know. I think it's typical of just about every team in the league right now. I mean, we were talking before we came on about how you know it's exciting. You know, you're you're down, you're up, you're down, you're up. You you win at the end, but my goodness, it seems like this has almost become the norm in the NFL. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times you know, we joke about it, but we still, you know, as you're as you're working in the press box and you got multiple people reporting on a game, you're trying to, you know, hash out ideas. And, you know, for noon games, we should just keep our mouths shut and not say anything because you have time to react afterwards. But inevitably, you know, one of us spits the bit and I might have been one of those this time. And, hey, I'm about the fact that there's no pressure on Jared Goff. Why aren't they, you know, doing some more creative things to, on third downs or to try, try and create pressure, you know, and then you look up and it's, they win the game at the very end. So um, this is kind of becoming the norm, which is why everyone loves this league. And it, one of the reasons betting and fantasy football, but also the fact that it's exciting and there's essentially 32 evenly built teams uh, with very few exceptions on either side anymore. So yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the, obviously they got to hit a stride. You know, that, that's what they're hoping for. But this kind of, to me, is a, a back and forth is just what this uh, this league is all about right now. It's kind of interesting. It's, it's getting to be like baseball. I covered the Twins for one year, and I got to the point, you know, I, I'm a Twins fan. I'm from Minnesota, and uh, I wanted them to win. But it got to the point where I didn't care if they were going to win or lose. I just didn't want it to change in the bottom of the ninth because, I had, you know, I was on deadline cranking and had to get it get it in and I didn't want the whole script to be thrown out because someone hits a walk off home run. So, wow. So you're rooting against your twins, huh? Well, I wasn't yeah, rooting. I, mean, but, uh, I was hoping. I mean, a good example is, uh, you know, uh, Philadelphia, the Monday nighter, uh, Philadelphia, you know, everything is basically, you've got everything in line you got a, a 20 minute, 20, 25 minutes after, after the game's over, you're pushing the button and you know, <laughs> you have the block field goal. Then you have the interception, you know, with the, uh, Kirk getting the ball at the nine yard line. So Kirk, uh, you know, from a, a personal standpoint, bailed us out when it comes to like uh, by in the Philly game by, you know, blowing it for us. So thanks Kirk. Uh, but the second one, you know, like la this one here, if this had been a night game and, and uh, it would have been really hard to kind of throw something together, um, which is always kind of cracks me up whenever you're, you're, you're absolutely it's meatball journalism. You're just grabbing and throwing and get pushing the button and then pe people will maybe, email you the next morning and go, uh, you, you misspelled this word here. Or that, you know, it's like, you're, we're lucky there wasn't a big giant white spot on that page. Um, but yeah, it's, it was, everything was leaning one way and then all of a sudden it comes back the other way. Um, you know, so you know, hats off to Dan Campbell a little bit too. So even Dan admitted he kind of blew it at the end. Dan's going to lie. And what did you think of that call? Uh, you know, the fact that he was as aggressive as he was all the way up to that point, um, keep going or punt the ball. I mean, the guy, 
the, the kicker had never made a kick that long in his career. He had missed one earlier, shorter in, in the, in the game. And, you know, your offense at that point was four or five. So our four or six, uh, go for it. And I think he even said it afterwards that he sh- should have gone for, it. or, you know, you do have a punter on the team. So, you know, maybe make it, uh, make it a little bit harder on the Vikings and giving the ball at midfield. Yeah, there's three things he could have done there. And it seems like he, he picked the one, uh, you know, even if they do kick it, you know, then you gotta, it, it's not that much different than, well, I guess they got the ball on the 44. So that was a hell, hell of a gift of the Vikings. But uh, so I, I think he put his team in the worst position there unfortunately for him and boy uh Kirk Cousins and company came down the field in in 45 seconds and and just well, in, in 245 seconds and got it done that 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 was uh something we've been looking for for Kirk for forever and I guess he's done it before but I don't know how many wins he's got out of it but boy he he uh grabbed uh, well, from the jaws of defeat on that game he did the exact same thing uh against the Lions last year whenever the the, the Vikings were leading the Lions went ahead with I believe it was 20 some seconds and they got, and he went two, you know, boom, boom. And they kicked a field goal, I believe um, one 19, 17. So, you know, any uh, in Carolina it was the same connection. It was Kirk yeah. to, uh, to KJ in overtime. Um, so yeah, Kirk did that last year, but the, the problem with Kirk is always been, there's just kind of, you know, that's followed by the, the Cowboys and games like that. That's not, you know, he shouldn't have to do that every single week. Uh, but whenever you need it more often than not, you know, you, you want him to step up and do that. And, and he certainly did. And, and uh, it helps that everybody, you know, people are paying all, so much attention to Jefferson and KJ is a guy that, you know, people will start paying more attention to in, in the end of games, which can only help Thielen and Jefferson and, so it's a nice thing to have when you have, when your third receiver is a guy that just makes plays like that is capable of it, and you're not really paying attention to him. That's that's a good thing to have. Yeah, uh, you know the, uh, the Vikings defense did set him set up Kirk to to win it a series earlier, but then they made a, a second stop and and Kirk uh, got it done this time, which was nice. I, I you know as far as Kirk goes. Uh, another slow start from him and it almost buried him again. They got to a 14 point deficit in the first half. Now, granted they dug in and came back and, and tied it up before half, but uh, these slow starts can, you know, when, when they played against the Packers in week one, they came out firing on all cylinders and, and, and got the game in their on their side going early. I, I, Kirk really needs to, I think, get his offense going early first and get him. I mean, he had some overthrows and he, he did not look sharp really, but he, he settled down and, and got the win. I don't know. What, what did you, uh, what did you think of his performance overall? Well, I think, you know, it's kind of like Kirk, you know, it was, it was bad and then it was good. And then he won the game, you know, next week it could be good, bad, and he loses the game. So that's kind of how the first gone. Yeah. Uh, but no, early on, I mean, they had, they, they had cook, cook was running the ball. Yeah. First two runs, or it's Cook nine yards, Cook a first down. Uh, but then I think uh, Jefferson dropped a ball, kind of a short ball. Uh, Kirk overthrew KJ toward the end of the second quarter. Um, kind of threw good. one in. The, yeah, threw one in the dirt uh, at the goal line. Uh, yep. um, so yeah, there was um, got pressured a couple times uh, early. So yeah, it was a little out of sync in the first half uh, for sure. And but. You know they they found their rhythm at the end. Uh, speaking of Cook, he uh, he was going good. He I think he had ninety six uh, rushing yards uh, and a touchdown early, and gave you know then of course had a, a shoulder injury with the the butt injury I guess we'd call it. I'm not sure what he, he ran into the uh, I think Ezra Cleveland in front of him and it threw his shoulder out of whack. Is you know uh, he says he's going to play uh, this week in London. What what have you heard? Is 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 he going to be all right? Is he going to be back in the game? You know what's the word on Cook? I've never heard a player when asked, "Are you going to play?" Say, "Nope, nope, I can't. I'm I'm out." You know, I whew, no way. Uh, Maybe Bernard Berrien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I I would be I would be surprised if he does play as you know running back shoulder. Um, I mean, uh, the flight over there, he, they might have to, I'm sure he's going to be sore all week. 
you know, you throw in an eight-hour flight or whatever it is, um, you know, they might have to get a wheelbarrow to get him off the plane if he's still sore. I, I don't know. It's just I would be, I wouldn't be. I guess nothing surprises me in the NFL, but I would think that maybe you you, you give him a week off because you got a Madison, you got the the rookie that we haven't even seen yet, you got yeah. a Wang Wu. Um, you know, you got to like look at this long term. You don't want to put him back out there. And then have something worse happen because he's he's either favoring it or it gets hurt worse. And he he's had this before. So you hear that, uh, Delvin Cook fantasy owners uh, better look at Madison. I of course have got Madison on my bench backing up Mr. Cook. So I, I will probably look in that direction. Um, you mentioned uh, protection. They got to Kirk a little bit early, but the offensive line looked pretty good. And I, I'm starting to think this this offensive line is making its way into one that maybe we don't have to talk about them every week and worry about them and, and see they, they seem to be playing well. What, do you, what are your thoughts on the offense? There was only one sack, uh, I think seven pressures, but that, that's still pretty good, right? Uh, it, it was very good. Uh, the tackles looked like I said, you know, people, <laughs> the irony is that Spielman struggled for so long putting an offensive line together and the tackles looked like two bookend guys that could be doing this for a long time together. Um, Hutchinson, uh, learned on Sunday that he's got, you know, he had three sacks in the first half against Washington last week. He gets here and, and, you know, first Brian O'Neill is just basically like a man against a boy kind of like, uh, shutting him down. And then Ezra Cleo was so on the other side for a while, Ezra Cleo, or, um, uh, Darisaw was, you know, was shutting him down. I, I mean, I just, Darisaw gets better and better each time I watch yeah. him. Um, the concern is always at that right guard center spot. Um, but, you know, Kirk's, especially his first throw to, to uh, the first of the yard throws that he scored on to, to KJ, you know, you look at that offensive line and Kirk's just standing there waiting for KJ to come open or KJ comes open. He has chances. Obviously, he's not looking KJ first, but when KJ comes open, Kirk has time to see KJ put his arm up and that's because those tackles are just shutting things down and the inside looks good too. So um, yeah, this is an offensive line, you know, and I think Ingram, you know, there's just some bumps in a row, but he's three games into this. Um, he already looks better than, than and Oli looked all Udo looked all of last, you know, last year. Oh, you know, he just looked out of place playing inside and was grabbing people. And, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the center still is a concern, but, get everyone around him uh, good and, you know, good enough to win in the NFL, I think. Yeah. You sent me a note about uh, you weren't sure about the uh, right before half when the Vikings were trying to uh, get that last second field goal, take the lead. Uh, they were scrambling to to get the ball. The the running back gave it the ball to Garrett Bradbury when he, when he should have given it to the lineman because he places the ball. And one of the defenders – from Detroit knocked it out of his hand. Some really good sleight of hand. And it was hard to see on a couple angles, but there is an angle where you saw that he turned his head and smacked it, smacked it out of his hand. So it did happen. But, uh, you know, I, it's like, you know, it, the problem was to begin with it, you, you give it to the ref and they'll place the ball as soon as you can, but you give it to a player, you never what's going to happen. Anyway. Um, I mean, that, that's a, as, uh, as O'Connell referred to it in the post game because I we tried to find it. I just couldn't see that where they actually did it, you know, from the press box. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's a learning point. Just like um, someone the Vikings played, I believe, last year who did his first down celebration, and they're trying to get the ball. I right. think it was. Um, so yeah, you got that's a you know you can learn something a week in this league. It's better to learn it when you're winning than when you're losing. Right. We got to talk about Justin Jefferson. Second week in a row, uh, very subpar performance after the the breakout uh, career high for him in the first week against the the Packers. And the Packers didn't cover him the first week, but ever since then, everybody else has been doubling him and and more and just making sure to take him out of the game and make someone else beat you. Um, You know, this is my concern with with Jefferson. He's he's great. He runs great routes, but he's got, you know – we, we were ready to crown him, and I know you gave me grief for jumping on the J.J. bandwagon after week one, uh, but uh, you've got to be able to to get open in double coverage, and sometimes he's he's just a little bit slight. I don't know if he's that – he's not that big of a guy, and you know, he, which adds to his 
his ability to run routes and, and quickness, but you got to figure out how to muscle through some of this. And the, and the Detroit defenders were really cramping down on him and, and, and making it tough. So uh, I hope this isn't the the scene going forward, but you know, I think like you'd sent me a note, they're going to, they're going to clamp down him and every weekend it's going to be KJ and AT for the. Uh, well, you know, I, I don't put this all on him. I mean, you, you brought in a, an offensive, you know, Sean McVay tree genius to, to um, help Kirk, to help the offense. Um, you know, we're three games in. Uh, I, I don't look at it as like a, like something a lot that Jefferson did wrong. I, you know, it's still a team game. I know we play fantasy. Everyone plays fantasy football and they, they want him to get his 180 yards and three touchdowns every week and gritty all over the place. But you know, teams take people out, you know, they focus and they take something away. Right. To, as they say, force a team to play left-handed, you know, play awkward, like, hey, we got to go to this instead of this guy. This guy's comfortable. We got, well, we're going to take that away. You know, to me now it's, it's okay. How did, how, in, in LA, how did you do this with Cooper Cup? How did you keep Cooper Cup relevant every single week? Now, right. you mentioned slight and all this stuff. Cooper Cup is more of a sturdy yeah, you know, he's a heck of a. He's one of the best run blockers uh, in, you know, this side of uh, Larry Fitzgerald Jr. that you're ever going to see. I mean, mm-hmm. but you know, now it's the the coaching and and also Kirk. You know, uh, Stafford's probably a little more daring, and that's that's why he probably led the league in in interceptions last year. Uh, but you know, it takes the quarterback also trusting a little bit more and you know working with it. But if it's not there and someone else is open, let's. Not, let's keep our eye on the ball where, you know, it is, you know, it is to win the game. Um, and it'll be, you know, Jefferson, as far as I could tell, you know, seems, you know, fine with it uh, as long as they win. But wh- how is this going to happen? You know, right. he's still a receiver. He's still in a, a year, whatever. Hey, he's looking at getting the most money ever paid to a receiver. You know, you still need to get him involved and not just, Give him only 14 yards every week as well. So I think so that's a fine line. Quasi's telling uh, uh, KOC to not not get him free, so they don't have to pay him so much next year. It's it's a conspiracy, yeah. Mark. I, you know, it, yeah. it's it's interesting. They, Coop. You know, I you've got and part of it's part of this on Kirk for for zeroing in on it and trying to force balls in early to to Jefferson because he is your bread and butter um, because. Last year in Cooper, they did it all season. I had him on my fantasy team, and I I watched how great he was. And then Robert Woods goes down in L.A., and he's still, you know, he's the, should be the focal point of that offense for the defense. And and Cooper Cup was still getting open and still making plays. And I I wonder if they brought too much of that mentality. The first week they they moved Jefferson around in all these different spots to you know they were putting him in motion, lining him up on this side and that side, just to you know, a la Cooper Cup. Um, I'm not sure what the difference is here. Maybe there's too much on that when, when you've got an Adam Thielen and now an emerging KJ uh, Osborne and uh, Irv Smith, who's supposed to be uh, better than he's shown so far. I mean, why wouldn't you uh, have a quarterback and a, a scheme that would spread it around more and, and not just, you know, unfortunately for, for JJ, you got to be a little bit of a, uh, decoy to take some of that double coverage your way and open it up for somebody else. That just seems basic one-on-one oh. offense. Well, yeah, and I think you saw that. I mean, uh, Adam Thielen's touchdown, he was standing in the back of the end zone mm-hmm. by himself. Uh, K.J. Osborne was wide open on, you know, at, at the critical moment in the game, he's wide open twice. So um, they are spreading it around. Uh, and, you know, this was a good game to get uh, Cook involved. Uh you know, so to me, it's like it's not uh, it's not that big a deal. Just like, but that's maybe that's us showing our age. You know, like what last year, whenever I mean, how, I don't know how long we heard people talking about. You know, Mike Zimmer didn't get Justin Jefferson the record and sixteen yards, and oh my God, does that mean he hates him? Does that mean this? Does that mean that? Yeah. I'm like, a. You know, who it's just a it's an individual record. B it came in the seventeenth game. I mean, I don't know. I just this some of this stuff takes on a life of its own, and I don't. I'm so far out of the target zone, Joe, of what people what this has uh, become that it's just like I I don't you get play it. Play to win the game. Yeah, I, yeah. To me, it's 
just like I thought, you know, Dalvin Cook needed to be a part of the game. And uh, so, uh, and even the Sean McVay tree, the bright, the brightest, one of the brightest limbs on that tree agreed because boy, he was involved early in that game. Yeah. And you had to, it, it, it's just a shame that he got hurt on such a fluke play because uh, you see him emerging, just, just puts all those weapons out there and you got to pick your poison. And if you're going to double JJ, you might not have enough people to fill in the box on, uh, you know, cook and you can throw him out in the flat. You've got uh, Irv Smith going up the seam. Who's uh, had a couple drops this year. One of them spectacular last week, but then uh, another one that he, he could have had this year. I hope, uh, I hope, that's not a sign of things to come. People are already down on him. If you look around uh, Vikings Twitter, but I, I think, I think he's still maybe, you know, he, he missed training camp. So maybe he's just uh, t- taking a little time to warm up. Any thoughts on Irv? Well, uh, on Irv, oh, Irv. Um, yeah. I mean, I still go back to breaking your thumb five, six weeks ago. Um, I think he's going to be, you know, they're thin at tight end. Months made some, you know, he's a scrappy guy who's making more plays than we probably would expect of him. But I think Irv, Irv is still sort of like in training camp mode. I think let's, let's wait till mid season before we get too down on Irv. Um, I mean, the guy, I I would think so. I think he's going to be fine. He shows, he shows uh, glimpses and I, I think he'll, he'll get there. And we'll get there, too. We're going to talk about the uh, defense in the second uh, segment here. So uh, we'll take a quick break and come on back and check it out with uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with uh, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, uh, Kirk didn't start out playing well, but I think the defense got the Vikings in a bigger hole than Kirk did. And they they were getting gashed by the run. Early gave up 139 yards on the ground. Again, uh, secondary was questionable. You know, they, they I, I guess I got to ask you, you're, you're, you've talked to Ed Donatel. What, what do you think's going on there? Is, is it, is it players? Is it scheme? Is it coaching? What, what, what has been the struggle on the defensive side of the ball the past two weeks after a great, opening game against uh future hall of famer, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just haven't seen the same. No, you know, what, what concerns me is that when things aren't working, there hasn't been an adjustment. There hasn't been, you know, in Philadelphia, it was, you know, it, that, that first half was embarrassing. And then they come out and um, you're seeing some of the same things. You're seeing a four man rush over and over and over again. Uh, and then you're just seeing, uh, you know, their, ex- their expectations for the, the, the rush and cover, the rush isn't there, and the coverage is is abysmal. There's uh, the first fourth and five. You know, it's a four man rush. It's just four guys leaning on offensive linemen, and and uh, uh, Jared Goff, a guy that should be, uh, you know, you should go after more. I think he's just throwing a, a crossing route to a to a receiver who's you know two steps ahead of the Sullivan, which you know the nickel back. I you know he's not playing tight enough coverage. Then later on, there was a third Naders. There was a situation uh, where Cam uh, Dantzler is supposed to be in a little tighter zone coverage. And he's, you know, he's out of, he's out of position and the safety has to come in. Um, You know, the coverage is not, it's just not good enough, but where, this is what I was going to write about if they had lost was, you know, we're not seeing any kind of creativity on, on, uh, Going after him, I mean, you you watch uh, every any other game right now. Certainly, when Zimmer had his his pass rushers healthy, you saw a lot of creativity on third downs. If they could stop the run, then Zimmer could do a lot of things on third down that caught a lot of quarterbacks off guard. I'm not seeing quarterbacks get caught off guard by right, but hardly anything that that Donatel's calling. Um, the Kendricks rush early was the first pressure. He comes mm-hmm. up the middle. And that's not a blitz. That's a, that's a four-man rush. It's just they decided to rush Kendricks in that as one of the four. Well, that was a little creative. Uh, but then there was a situation later in the game on a fourth down where uh, it's a four-man rush. You know, they put Wonham at to tackle instead of Harrison Phillips, who, in my opinion, Harrison Phillips as a pass rusher so far is not, you know, he's just not kind of not good enough, I don't think. Uh, there's a lot of just kind of leaning on the guard. But this was Jared Goff. This was the you know uh, one of the most stationary quarterbacks in the league. It's U.S. Bank Stadium, one of the hardest places to play. 
They had two backup guards, including one that was just elevated from the practice squad for his second start in the league. And this guy gets hit one time, touched one time, and he's pressured. Pro Football Focus had it at 17. I went back and, and looked at all of them. I had 13. So either way, it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just don't see Donatel dialing up anything creative or when, when the situation calls for it. I don't see it. And, uh, boy, they just need to get more, especially a guy like him. You could say hurts while he's mobile. He's going to hurt you. This guy was not going to hurt you with his legs. Um, Go after him on occasion. What, uh, what We haven't heard much from Daniil Hunter. He made the one big play on, uh, I think, fourth down where they stopped stopped him, him and Kendricks, and uh, actually Patrick Peterson stopped him on fourth down, which really set up helped set up the win. But uh, – He's he, he says he's up, you know, 100% of healthy and feels great coming into the season. And, you know, you just don't hear his name called a lot. And other than I think the one sack by Zadarius Smith uh, against Rodgers in game one, he's been kind of quiet too. He's made plays, but they both had three tackles last week here. You know, that's it. And these are the edge rushers. And we're not probably just not getting yet what we'd hope for when we had these two big edge rushers on this squad. And, and uh, I mean, at least that's what I was anticipating to, to really see a lot of activity that they were just going to be very disruptive. They're not. Well, yeah, the first game they were obviously, um, you know, uh, to me, it's, yeah, they got to play better, but um, you know, we're not seeing a lot of calls, cre- creativity. Uh, I don't know. They're just, you see like you would overload certain sides with, with Harrison or, you would, um, you know, bring both of them on the same side, which I think they did once uh, this past game. But, um, you know, there's the consistency with just the four-man rush. I think it was, I went through and counted. It was like 29 four-man rushes. There was like seven or eight five-man and only like three in the in the last three quarters. Um, they just need to mix it up. They need to be a little more – they need to be, able to be a little bit more aggressive in how they call the game. I granted, I know this is the this is the defense and everything. This is kind of what it does, but man, sometimes whenever things are um, call for it, you need to go with it. I think there was one third down. Uh, it was when the the Lions turned the ball over. It was right before, I think before the fourth and one stop that Daniel had the, had the tackle. Um, you know, the stadium wasn't was as loud as it had been all all game, and it's third and eight. And you're thinking, okay, this is where you do something. You bring an extra guy, two guys. You rush six guys. You go after this guy. You put him in the ground like like they used to do. Uh, and he goes. He he looks to his left. He pats the ball. He stay. He looks to his right, and they throw a ball for nine yards. You know that's where I. That's the point where I'm not saying go every game be Buddy Ryan and send everybody. I'm saying there's certain situations where you got the crowd and you got the situation. You got to stationary quarterback that's when you just you know be more aggressive and they i'm not seeing it they're not doing it it's interesting i, I suppose we're used to more of that creativity because when when zimmer was able to let his guys pin their ears, ears back and go to throw out that cliche we saw a lot of different things like harrison smith running up to the line and backing off this guy this game they never knew what was coming and and what we're seeing is this defense sitting back and it's in this place where it's going that's shell coverage and 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 nobody, not a lot of not a lot of blitzing going on that uh, uh, you know gets you excited, and gets you fired up. You know, I, I don't know. It it is a completely different mentality. It's and certainly watching it, it is not as exciting as Zimmer's defense. But uh, well, and it's it's not working because uh, if you can't cover, I mean Sullivan is showing examples of he's not gonna he's not what fits this defense. Uh, Dantzler. Um, continues to kind of show that he's is he a starting caliber corner corner in the league? I, you know, I don't know. Um, you know the cut co- the coverage. If the coverage is going to be like this, and you're right, you're just rushing four. You're just kind of pounding your head on the wall, and uh, you know something needs to. Granted, they they're only three weeks into this, so they're they're still learning. I I, I, yeah. I talked with Eric Kendricks in, in the locker room afterwards uh, after talking about his. And his first fourth down stop where he um, reads run and he comes out and he, and he has a pass defense on the fourth and one at the 49 and great play. That's, that's where, that's the kind of coverage you need if you're going to be playing. 
the way that they play. But to me, that you know, you're also talking about like I said, do you guys, do you ever feel like you're just sitting back and waiting too much? And he said, yeah, sometimes we need to be more aggressive because we also need to cover more. Uh, but then he went on about you know, hey, we're, we're three games into this. I'm I'm learning how to play with this guy. They're learning how to play with this guy, and uh, we're learning the Donatel system. And so, you know, I get that. But boy, they're going to have to. Something's drastically going to have to change if they keep sitting there and playing the way they are. And I don't. I just feel like the, there needs to be some coaching moves that, that jumpstart uh, some things with this defense. And I just haven't getting, seen it. Yeah, you, you you have to learn in the system, but you better hurry. It's always getting late in the NFL, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's third, uh, Vikings were on, on the good good side. They were. Held the uh, Lions at three of sixteen on third down, but then they gave up a first down on four of six on fourth down. I I saw a tweet from you and said uh, you were like, like scratching your head. I've never seen something like this before. How bizarre was that? That you know, I mean, you knew you were going to go just about every time you, they they teed it up on fourth down, and that's that's Campbell. You know, you by the well, I, yeah, it was right before the uh, the fourth and one play at midfield where. I said, I've never seen a team 0 for 4 on third down and 3 for 3 on fourth down. Um, and then, you know, who knows? They, they, they very well could have been 5 of 7 on fourth down and and won the game because at that point, I like my chances of getting that uh, first down better than kicking that field goal, you know, 54-yard field goal. Right. And um, I can't believe that a guy – the guy set the record last year, NFL record for most fourth down going for it with 41, the most times converting with 21, and he's four of six in that game, and he's never won a road game. Uh, I think they're, they were 08 and one on the road. Um, you're still young in your career. Uh, you're not going to get fired this year, I don't think. Um, you know, you're one and one. Stay aggressive. You know, keep your foot on the floor because that's your personality. That's the mentality that he was creating and to, to back off from that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. And what you find in this league, and we were talking about earlier about how these games come down to the end, it's, it's so often whoever has the ball last, you know, and he basically made a decision to give the ball back to the other team, you know, by kicking the field goal, they're going to get it one way or the other. If he goes for it and hangs on to it, then he can keep going. But yeah, it was a strange call. And especially, you know, now granted last year, he's not going to have nothing to lose you know, by going for fourth, I mean, it may be starting to say, I gotta, I gotta pull that back a little bit, but gotta go talk to your analytics guy. I have no idea. Uh, if I pull it back a little bit, he, he went for it six times in one game. What's yeah. one more? You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, 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 what I wanted to ask you a couple questions here. Oh, you know, I guess we can't complain too much about the defense thus far i mean uh, certainly game two they were terrible and they had their moments in this one but this team has given up zero points in the fourth quarter this year this team the vikings have given up zero points in the fourth quarter after last year every half and end of game they were giving up uh points like a sieve you know uh something something's right there you know that if if they're you know stay you know in the games that if, if you do that all year you're going to win more games, right? Well, 10 points in the, in the last two minutes of last of a Philly game. So last two, uh, the first half. So you yeah. got to keep track of those. Um, well, it's, it's funny. It's funny because they're now they're playing the, the saints and the saints have scored 51 points, but 38 has come, have come in the fourth quarter. So they have only scored 10 in the first half, only 13 points total in the first three quarters of their first three games. So now that maybe it'll be tested now. Uh, something's got to give, right? Something's yeah, something's got to give. Um, Lewis Seen, I want to talk about him. Uh, Harry the Hitman, uh, Harrison Smith was out with a concussion, and we all thought our, the first-round draft choice, Lewis Seen, was going to step in at safety, but uh, he got passed up by the later draft pick, uh, Josh Metellus, who, who – uh, Actually had his hands on a one potential receipt, uh, interception, and then a couple plays later uh, got the pick that ended the game. So he had a good game. He played all the snaps too, and it was Lucene was just getting time on special teams. Uh, 
do we know what's going on there? Are, are, I'm okay with it if if Metellus can play the position. I don't care who it is. I don't care where he was drafted or any that where Lewis Seen was. I I heard uh, uh, Pete Bursich talking about Seen saying he's going to get it. He just he's amazed at how hard this kid works and he's going to get it and he's going to be a great player in the league. But uh, what are your thoughts there, Mark, on that? Well, I mean, uh, I, I tend to agree with with Pete that that he's going to be a good player, but. I wouldn't say I don't. I, w- I don't care who who uh, who plays as long as they play well. I would care of the fact that they traded down twenty spots and and bypassed twenty players uh, because they they thought that you know this guy would be there and they loved him and that's he's the guy the we field. wanted. That's off the field. I'm talking about. No, that's not off the field because all those twenty players could have been any one of those could have been on your field. Uh, to me, it's I think it's important. It's not you know it's like wow you know if Metellus ends up being a good player that's fine. No, I mean, I think this guy was picked there for a reason. I think he needs to step up and be that guy. Um, it's clearly that he's he's not getting because uh, he's he's physically gifted. He's uh, uh, he did have some injuries, uh, you know, in training camp that set him back. I thought he'd be the starter on day one. The injuries set him back. I don't think what he's learning is transferring onto the field or whatever. Um, you know, and maybe that's the great ones tend to like get it right away and they, you know, but I'm not saying he can't take a little time and get into the NFL and be a really good player. But, uh, you know, man, it just seems like the the great ones, they, they, they step up and they're, they're there day one, but that's not to say he cannot become a good player. He won't be a good starter. You know, Harrison Smith is at the very end of his career here. Um, There's going to be two new safeties, you know, if not next year, certainly the year after. So um, I think he'll be a good player, but I would still be like, hey, you know, more is expected of this guy because of what they invested in him. On the bright side, uh, it's it's made the special teams pretty good. Uh, the, the Vikings coverage has been pretty good this year, and they were again on, on Sunday, I, I believe. Um, and maybe because I know that Lewis Seen has been playing on the special teams. And, uh, Metellus had been, but uh, – uh, I think they pulled him off some because he was he played all the snaps on defense. It's uh, what do you what do you see from the special teams? And you know you can certainly talk about Greg Joseph missing two uh, fifty six yarders. What do you think about that? Throwing him out there for those? Well, yeah, I mean Metellus is a special teams leader. He came in as a rookie, I don't know if it was his second or third year, I forget. But um, you know he's an exceptional special teams player. Um, I like Matt Daniels. I thought yeah, as a special teams coach. Greg Joseph missing the, the the field goals is the headliner. That's the grab that that's gets all the attention. But what they're doing on kick coverage is yeah. fascinating to me because it's become a, a and you're seeing more and more teams do this. But you know they drop it in on the you know they give they, that there's that hesitation what the returner should do, and Joseph is managing to drop it like at the minus one or or the goal line where. You know, you're forced to make a decision what to do, and you can't really just stop. So they go, they 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 come out of it, and then they, you know, they had um, three returns, and none of them got past the 22. I made it one of my five extra points, and went and talked to Brian Asamoah, um, because he had the best hit of the game whenever he blew that the returner up uh, at the 14 yard line. So that's a 15 yard return on kickoffs. That's, you know, and the way Daniels drew it up. Uh, uh, Caleb Evans took on the double team that they thought would be intended for Brian. He comes through untouched and does not hesitate. He just laid that guy out. Um, those are the kind of hits that that they they're trying to get rid of the kickoff. And, and you're, you're seeing teams, you know, now use that that twenty, you know, the twenty four was when it first came out that they were at the twenty five. They just kicked it away and right, didn't right. see a lot of returns. Now you're seeing you know, cover teams challenge and the Vikings are doing it as well as anybody in the league and, and kicking it and pinning people down. That's because they got some really good young athletes that can play on special teams. Where did Matt Daniels come from? How, you know, cause he, it seems like a breath of fresh air in that, in that, uh, in that uh, seg or that unit. Uh, he, they've, I've been impressed with the special teams for three games. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he was with the Rams for a while under the was under the Cowboys for a while. Uh, God, I'm drawing a blank of where he was last year, but um, 
he also has a persona about him. He has this like this presence about him. I don't know if if anybody who watches his press conferences uh, uh, on video, you know, you can just see a, he's a, I don't know, he's a fun guy, but he's also, you could tell, uh, to me, it's sort of like, like a Tomlin feel. Like when Tomlin was here in 2006, it's different because Tomlin was a little more forceful, a little more, Tomlin would make a cliche sound fresh, you know, and uh, this guy just, but this guy also has a leadership quality to him that just comes out, radiates out of him. Um, and I think you know, he's got a real brave future. I, you know, you're seeing, uh, well, obviously John Harbaugh being the, the ultimate example of a coordinator, a special, te- or a special teams coordinator that can go on and be a head coach. But, you know, you're seeing guys get opportunities that way now too. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a head coach someday. Well, uh, you know, we're talking about the uh, special teams. So that means we're uh, running out of stuff here to talk about. But we got one more segment to come back to. We're going to do, do you know, we're going to look ahead to the, the game in London and the Saints. And, uh, you know, we'll have our prediction segment. Mark and I both got it right last week because we, we both knew it was a win. No, no big deal. Had it, knew it all along, right, Mark? That they were going to win. I knew that. I, I never, I felt Vikings all the way on this one. It just, it didn't didn't transpire the way I thought it would, but, uh, yeah. Come on back. We'll talk about that on Vikings territory breakdown. Welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig from the star tribune. Mark, uh, uh, I guess the, the headline for me in this past weekend is Vikings stole victory from the jaws of defeat, that old cliche. But I ask you, is it too early to, is it too early in the season for Vikings fans to panic because we've seen uh, one great game and two that are head scratchers at best because didn't expect that from Philly. Philly's a pretty good team, but uh, uh, the Vikings did not show up and they took a little while to show up into this one, but they finally did. What, what are your overall parting shot thoughts on the Vikings game? Well, you know, I, to be concerned a little bit, but you know, you look at the lions, I know it was in Detroit, but, the Lions scored 35 on, uh, on Philadelphia, you know, the Lions, uh, you know, the Lions are, weren't not not a great team, but the Lions were a lot better. You know, they were able to run the ball. They, uh, you know, they got some, they're not an embarrassment as a team. So um, I think at this point, the way this league is, I think I, you know, I just be happy with a win. You move on and you see how they, you know, reshuffle the deck um, and come back the next week. Um, but yeah, two things would, one thing would concern me is that, the, that how the defense is not making adjustments are, you know, what's going to, how's that going to go forward? Are, are they going to find a way to play better on defense or otherwise it's going to be a long year. Yeah. And, and it just keeps rolling. Uh, looking around the league, there was some interesting, uh, uh, games we had uh, uh, both Casey and Buffalo. Two of the you know the preseason picks for the Super Bowl got upset this weekend. Uh, Buffalo got beat by Miami, and I can't even remember who beat Casey. Who I I, uh, I remember it's my 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 one of my survivor one of my last survivor picks was uh, they played at Indianapolis, and you know that when I made the pick, I'm like you know this is this is typical NFL. Can't, you know, Indianapolis had lost two in a row. They're, they're looking terrible. Kansas City is, oh, we're back. They're two and they're two and oh. Um, you know, they met in the middle and uh, it's at, it's in Indy, it's in Indianapolis, which was a concern. And of course, uh, you know, the, the Colts win. So, you know, that's right now where you're down to, um, you got 18 uh, teams that are, are two and one. Uh, or no, one and two, and that you got the you only got two teams that are undefeated now: Philadelphia and, and Miami. So, you know, it's if you can just hang on this league and, and stay healthy through the at the end of the year and get hot, you can win a Super Bowl. Eli Manning won two of them that way. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, uh, you 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 sent across the stat: eight teams that missed the playoffs in twenty twenty one now have at least two wins in three games, including the Vikings. Uh, that that that. Uh, seems to indicate that that old uh, trend that they've been going through is that every year there's four new teams that are making the playoffs that didn't make it last year in each conference. Is that right or no? It's overall, you know, but that's, you know, that that's going back to 1990. So it's every single year, 
you know, Miami, obviously three and zero, but they they didn't make the playoffs last year. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of be in that mix and just. There's no teams that are just dominant. I mean, and that's the way it is. That 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 stat proves it out. But you know, and that's the parody that Pete Rozelle wanted to bring to the league, and that that's made it a great betting league. It's made it a great gambling and losing league. That's made made it a fan favorite because any given Sunday, so it, it's kind of amazing. Well, it it had the look first two weeks that the buff the Buffalo Bills were that team. The Buffalo right. Bills won two you know huge blowouts. Um, you know, Josh Allen's MVP caliber guy playing at the top. Diggs was amazing. The defense was stifling. Well, you know, this time, you know, just typical NFL, you know, they go to Miami. They, they hold the ball for over 40 minutes. They run 90 plays. Uh, Miami runs 39 plays and only hold, has the ball for 20 minutes, and they win the game. So, And your offensive um, coordinator has a meltdown up in the booth. Yeah, that's why. Watch the clips, and so that's just that's just the way it is. That's just how this this league is. Whoever can get to the end and with the fewest mistakes, and it, it's such a win. game of attrition. You know, I mean, you, you're you know, you hear people play talk about uh, playing on Sundays like being in a car wreck. You know, can, and you got to heal and get back up there and play a, a few days later. It it's I, I don't know that you can physically mentally get up for every game and. It's just the way it is today. And the teams are so close in ability, most of them, that uh, you're going to have it. Makes makes it pretty exciting. Speaking of car wrecks, uh, Miles Garrett from your Cleveland Browns got in a single car accident. And uh, sounds like last I heard he's some injuries. But uh, uh, he, he looking at the car I saw online, uh, pictures of it, he is uh, probably happy it, it was, wasn't worse. Yeah, um, that's – these guys tend to drive fast cars and go too fast. And uh, I, I don't know what his status is. I don't know how seriously he's injured. I heard it's not serious, but uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he's okay just for his own sake, not not just for football. They beat Pittsburgh. It was like uh, uh, your Super Bowl in Cleveland, right, Mark? The Browns beating Pittsburgh. Well, they they uh, they better have higher expectations than that. Uh, <laughs> that team can run can run the ball. And uh, you know, Mitch Mitchell Trubisky's winning at halftime, but uh, I think they they took away his you know the guy's afraid to throw it over the middle, so they take away the the edges and kind of took care of things in the second half. It's you know I've said it before. I, I would love to see uh, Stefanski be in position week twelve or eleven or whatever week twelve I think it is when they're going to Houston. They could uh, say uh, Jimmy, uh, the owner Jimmy Haslam. Uh, I'm going to stay with the hot hand. I'm going to keep Jacoby in and uh, your $230 million guy is going to have to sit and wait. Oh, that's just, um, that's just the reporter in you talking. You want to write that. But I'm, just, I'm just saying that it, it'd be, you know, uh, it's kind of a slimy feel to it that, that mm-hmm. not only is you know, Watson's situation, but the, the NFL wants to unveil him in Houston. Um, yeah, so we all watch, you know, the guy that, you know, uh, we all know why he had to leave Houston, and now he's coming back to play on the field. And it's like, uh, I, I just got a bad, it's a bad, leaves a bad taste. Makes makes good headlines for all us ink stained wretches. Uh, uh, Packers beat the uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks in the Goat Bowl. Um, I guess that Rodgers is two and two and zero against Brady. Uh, it was an interesting game that uh, they had. I, I, I guess given that. Does it does and given the Buffalo loss, any changes to your pregame, your preseason prediction of Packers and Bills in the Super Bowl? Uh, no, after three weeks, no, no. I, okay, you're holding strong to that. All right, you said, yeah, I mean, got- Buffalo is not going to disappear on us, uh, and uh, no, they're not. No, they're a really good team, and they're 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 a good team, they're coached well, and they, they've got a lot of talent, so. That is for sure. You can't win every game in this league. And uh, you said early in the, in the podcast here that the Vikings are up to number nine, crack the top ten in your in your uh, power rankings, huh? Yeah, you, you don't really think of them as a top. Uh, at least I don't. Uh, I as a played top it the last two weeks. Top nine team, but when you start looking at it, like, okay, you know, it's it's totally because everything changes from week to week. But it's a totally kind of a feel thing. You look and see, okay, how many. 
how many teams would you take ahead of them? And it's like, it's, there's not a whole lot. I mean, it's, uh, it, there's a lot of talent. I think the, the, the defense can get its act together and uh, which it kind of did at the end, obviously it makes a key stop and it, you know, there's a little bit of pressure on him finally at the end on that interception. Uh, so, you know, they did enough to win, but I, they just, uh, they've got a lot, even, you know, Ken talking to Kendrick, we got a long way to go, you know, yeah. they do, they do have a long way to go. Sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes you got to have those wins in this league where, you know, it wasn't pretty, but you got it, you got it done in the end because sometimes you're going to get beat like that. And we certainly see that with the Vikings. I'm sure, uh, you know, it's time for the Vikings to to hop on a plane and, and head across the pond. And I'm sure they'll be passing around your power rankings and saying, "Yeah, Mark Craig, he he didn't doubt us. He's he's got." So it. if they they lose, it'll be overconfident because they're all sitting there reading the Star Tribune on the way over, right? They got the Jameis Winston uh, coming in with the with the Saints, who are are kind of beat up at receiver, and and Jameis Winston's got a couple broken, I think, bones in his back that he's been playing with. He threw a couple picks last weekend. They're one and two. They're, they're limping in a little bit. What what do you see from the Saints coming in in this one? And and I would think it's time for the Vikings to start, you know, playing really good again and and take it out on a team that is a little bit wounded at the moment. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're beat up. Jameis Winston is playing like Jameis Winston, only I hurt Jameis Winston. Uh, I'm surprised, you know, and uh, – <clears throat> Uh, Dennis Allen came out and said that they're not considering a quarterback change, but those things tend to like, they, they're not considering it right up until they consider it and do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Andy Dalton ends up playing some in that game. Um, I mean, Jameis Winston has, uh, Dante Culpepper had that injury in like 2005. Well, somewhere in the early 2000s where he, was in Detroit and got hit in the back, and he he, he played with it. it. Was a pain tolerance type of deal, and mm-hmm. as a quarterback, you know that's a you know the throwing motion would tend to I would think aggravate it. Um, and I you know I just don't see what Jameis Winston with you know he's he's throwing interceptions like like he does. I know he threw for three hundred and fifty yards last week, but he also had two picks and the week before against uh, you know he had three in the fourth quarter, I believe, um, against the. The Buccaneers, they're starting slow. I mentioned they only got 10 points in the first half in three games. It just kind of calls for me to like, you know, how long do you stick with him? And and I would expect to see Andy Dalton, but, you know, that's not going to scare a whole lot of people, I wouldn't think. Um, you know, uh, Vikings now know – how the de- how the league is going to play them? I mean, they put it on they put it on tape the first game against the Packers. What they're doing is Jeff- Justin Jefferson, and now you see the league's response. They should probably expect more of that. Uh, do you see them making an adjustment here and really getting even more spreading around? And and I mean, they got they got Adam Thielen involved earlier this year this week than they did the previous week. Obviously, uh, they got Cook back. You know, going right off the bat. Is that is that the recipe for going forward? Just to spread it around, spread it around, and get to get the ball everywhere. Not you know, and and so so things can open up for JJ a little bit. I don't know what do you, what are your thoughts there? What do you, well, I think if you, if we're if we're going strictly by what's on film, what's put on film, you know, they put two game winning throws on film that tells you that hey, you you can't ignore their number three receiver, and in doing so, you know, maybe you're. Uh, your Justin Jefferson's guy, you know, that helps him. So everything feeds off it off itself. Now, what where things will probably be different this week, I'm guessing, is Cook won't be in there. Uh, Madison's a good player, but if you look, like, there's some plays where Dalvin Cook, like there's a cut uh, that he made in the red zone. I don't think it was when he scored, but he got close to the end zone. That he makes that in a way you're like, wow, you know, as good as Madison is and all these other running backs are there's only a couple guys that make that cutting and make that move and get those extra five yards. And I think it's, it's a guy like Dalvin cook, um, you know, to me, so, you know, to me, it's like, you got to spread it. You, you spread it around and in doing so it ultimately it'll, maybe it comes back to Jefferson. So the league can look at it and, and three games isn't going to tell them they need to cover Justin Jefferson. That was going to happen. What, what yeah. the Packers did is probably more of the, not as more of the rare rarity as what the Packers 
thought they were doing compared to what the last two teams did. Yeah. You think you'll finally see a little of uh, Ty Chandler in this game over in London, his first, his first game as a pro, maybe uh, he plays him, gets in the game in London of all places. You know, possibly, uh, you know, you're not going to see a run running back carry the load the entire way. And, you know, uh, Nwangu has not really lit it up on kick returns, I, but I would right. imagine he'd be your, he'd be your second guy in. Right. Uh, but yeah, Chandler, there's probably a spot somewhere in there for him. Well, um, as, as I mentioned in the last segment, we both picked the Lions last weekend and uh, uh, both came out right in the end. Never, never a doubt. Uh, we're both two and one now in the season long pick them contest. And I, uh, you know, as, as you are going to be surprised as hell, I'm going to pick the Vikings again this week, even though they're going in, over to London, maybe because of, because they're two and all over in London. I think that's correct. Right. They have two wins over there. And uh, I, I see the, the, the uh, saints in a little bit of disarray with a quarterback that they probably don't trust that much, that there might be some changes going on there. Of course, you never know a, a quarterback coming in off the bench can, can hurt the Vikings as Cooper rush was able to do a year ago for the Cowboys uh, and last night. Um, so, uh, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Vikings to win this one. Uh, what say you, old great prognosticator of the Star Tribune? Well, yeah. I mean, to me, it just this by by it not being at the Superdome, I think is a is a huge advantage for the Vikings. Um, the Vikings might even be more popular over there. When the Vikings went over, it was a Brown. Last time was a Browns home game. It's all Browns colors, but uh, probably more Vikings fans. Uh, but typically over there, it's pretty neutral. Even now, uh, when they've they've had so many games, um, it's like everybody who's an NFL fan wears their own jersey over there, and um, so that's a that's a big advantage, I think, uh, for them to be over there, uh, sort of a neutral field, uh, a neutral field. Uh, Saints are beat up. Jameis Winston is, you know, Jameis Winston. He's going to throw you probably two interceptions. They're a slow starting team, which helps the Vikings and. I just I like the Vikings to win the game, and I, I would assume they play. They're gonna, you know, they gotta progress and play better. But uh, this this to me is kind of an, I think it's an easy pick, but uh, I don't see it as a blowout though. Well, you never know. This would be the first, and the Vikings are two and zero in in England, but uh, they're two and zero when uh, Queen Elizabeth sits on the throne, and now she won't be there. You know. God rest her soul. Yeah, I mean, uh, comparing, uh, putting any, this is where I, when you see numbers like that, you always kind of laugh because, like, the, the first uh, win is 2013. There, there's nobody left from that. Is that maybe maybe Harrison Smith, possibly? Yeah, I think um, so. He came in. Yeah, so, summer, yeah. yeah, and then 2017, uh, they, they went there and they won. So, yeah, Leslie was uh, 0-2 or 0-3, and so were the Steelers. It was like, Two zero and three teams meeting in London, and they, they the Vikings won it, and they beat the Browns. The Browns muffed a punt. Uh, the Browns were like, I think Case Keenum threw a pick six, I believe. Uh, the Browns were had right there, and then they blew a punt return and handed the victory to the, the Vikings. Well, hopefully they can get another one. Uh, you know, I, I, being three and one at this point, if if they can get there, it would be good. Uh, yeah, they probably will have some. Uh, some uh, uh, jet lag coming back, um, and I think I think they do. They go down to Miami after that. Uh, no, they play the the Bears back here. Bears here. Oh God, the Bears, the Bears, who they're tied with for first place in the NFC North, along with the with the with the uh, Packers. Yeah. You sent me a note to break up the break up the division. You know, there's too much power. Uh, and, and now, you know, the, the best team and best division in football, eh? how long have we been picking on the NFC East for five years at least now? And now you got uh, – they're the, the only team that has a 3-0 and and two 2-1s. Two and ones. So – and I Cooper – Cooper Rush is – Cooper Rush is saving Mike McCarthy's job as we speak. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's – it's uh the Giants are two and one. I mean, it's uh, it's a. It's I wasn't that impressed with those two teams last night, though. They didn't they didn't look that good, if you ask me. No, I mean they they don't they look that good, but uh, the, you know the Giants kind of got screwed on some calls or before halftime. So uh, yeah, the one pa offensive pass interference was a joke. 
What are you going to do? Well, anyway, um, that's where we'll leave it for this week. Uh, uh, Vikings going to London. You better get out of bed early on Sunday. They, the game time is at 8.30, and it used to be 9.30, I think. Now they've moved it up for some hour, some some reason, an hour. So maybe that's – I don't know what the reason is for that, but I'm going to have to get my tail out of bed anyway. So uh, you're not going, huh? You're not going over to, to London? No, 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 I'm not going. It's uh, – I – think i've had enough travel so um I, I sort of like kind of where things are now that's good good for you well hopefully the vikings like the travel and enjoy themselves and bring home a victory and we'll be back here next week to talk about it and and rehash it and uh uh i will say in that in that stead thanks everybody for tuning in thanks mark thanks mike Woldem behind the scenes uh as a producer and uh we hope you'll be back here next week on Vikings Territory Breakdown. Until then, Joel Johnson, skull, brother. Skull.